Listening to Off Menu, a Canadian podcast about food and the people who make it. I'm your host, Phil Wilson. Love it or hate it, tipping's a fact of life in North America. On this episode, I've got a couple fun things planned for you. To start off, two of Rapid Fire Theatre's most beloved improvisers, Julian Fade and Corey Mathewson, go toe to toe debating the pros and cons of tipping. And we find out that you could make a lot of money if Julian gets sat in your section. After that, you won't want to miss the excellent and well thought out insights of Garner Beggs and Kelsey Johnson of the famous. Duchess Bake Shop right here in Edmonton. They're going to share some insights from their years in the hospitality industry, experiences from living in a tip-free culture, and they discuss what their plan is in regards to tipping when they throw open the doors to their yet unnamed breakfast spot sometime this summer. All this, right now, on Off Menu. The issue of tipping is a contentious one, with plenty of points to be made both for and against the practice. To help settle the debate, I brought in two of Edmonton's finest improvisers from Rapid Fire Theatre. Individually, they're Julian Fade and Corey Mathewson, and together they are our expert debaters. Welcome to both of you, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Phil. We Thank are you for having us. We are actually the master debaters. The yes. master debaters. I'm going to be careful not to mispronounce that. Good. Master debaters. Yeah. With a D. <laughs> We'll start with an opening statement from each of you. I understand, Julian, you're pro-tipping. Is that right? I am indeed. I am indeed, Phil. All right. Let's hear from you first. So this may as, uh, come as some of a, somewhat of a surprise to my opponent, but when I go out for a meal, I always wear pants. I also put on a shirt, and I even go as far as to do my hair. Why? Because these are rules of the social contract that we sign when we decide to go out and undo years of our hunter-gatherer conditioning and trade it all for fancy butter, fragrant lavender, and air conditioning. This is the same social contract that we, that we sign that guides tipping. And this social contract is even stronger in a place like Canada. We Canadians know that if someone leaves even 14%, that is exactly the same as a slap in the face on a cold November morning. But tipping goes even deeper than that. How else should someone subtly hit on the waitstaff at their favorite local establishment if not for the automatic 20% bump? Emptying one's wallet or purse for someone you're interested in is as close as humans will ever get to a meeting ritual as difficult and demanding as the March of the Penguins. I'd like us to see I'd like us to go even further with tipping, to be honest. Extend it to all opportunities for excellent service. Did your bus driver make a smooth stop on an icy road? Here's a toonie. Did an engineer finish a city bridge on time? Here's a cheeky fiver with your name on it. <laughs> Did your surgeon not forget her watch inside your stomach? Have a crisp green back. Pay it forward and eventually it all comes back around. Thank you. Well done. And a response on the negative side from Corey. Thank you so much, Phil. Uh, before this debate officially begins with my statement, I just want to say that I myself am a tipper. I'm quite a generous fellow. Uh, some people who ought to know call me quite a generous fellow. So I think that that needs to be said. And, and, and I mean, I am opposed to tipping. I'm against it completely. The entire practice is a rather ludicrous practice. But I, because I'm entering into the social construct as a Canadian, um, 
I am a tipper, so, so I do engage in it. So the debate's over, is what you're saying. I, it's not over because I think that it should not exist. We should not be tipping. Okay. I think we need to change, and you need to be convinced that we need to change. Go ahead. And you're not the only one. So what I want to bring up is that the fault is on the restaurant and not on the people. It's not on us, but it's on the creators of these places where tipping is expected. The fault is on that service industry. Now, it's because they need to be paying a living wage. And, and we shouldn't be expected to be paying the living wage for the servers, for the hairstylists, for the taxi drivers. That should be built in. We need a basic income that they can be living off of. Michael Lynn is a professor at Cornell School of Hotel Administration and a former waiter at Pizza Hut. That sounds fake. It's not fake. That's a real name. And he says that there's an explanation of why we tip. He says, we tip because we feel guilty about having people wait on us. We feel guilty. And I know you feel guilty all the time. So it's our way of saying, here, have a drink on me. It's our way of saying, I'm having more fun than you. And here's a little bit so that you forget how much fun you're not having. And it's quite possible that tipping undermines all of the satisfaction and happiness. So this is another popular happiness study that came out that said that tipping is actually making us feel more guilty and more uh, bad than we would feel if we didn't have to tip at all. So we're at a net loss. The net loss exceeds the benefits of actually tipping for us, for them, and for the restaurant in general. So what I want to say is that tipping is a social practice that we should not engage in anymore. Okay. Julian, does your opinion of tipping change at all when you consider the 18% mandatory tip applied by restaurants when you come in as a group? That's a great question, Phil. And for me personally, I do not like the mandatory 18% tip as I feel it can limit my ability to tip even more. And I say, how else can I subtly make sure the waitstaff think that I make the most money at the table without leaving behind a fake T4? I think my opponent here has brought up a crazy argument, and he's making himself look really good by bringing up his income, his T4s. All that is great. All that aside, I think an 18% mandatory tip is great. That's moving towards an expected value by the restaurant that we're paying to the servers. So why not have a mandatory tip across the board, and then why not call it not a mandatory tip, just a mandatory 18% surcharge for service that you expect? Then if someone's not living up to that service, they get fired. They move on. That's an interesting point. Have you ever bought tickets on Ticketmaster? Never. Because they have a mandatory service fee that everyone hates. Well, I mean, not everyone. I, I don't hate it. <laughs> well, you've never bought tickets before. Okay. There's something I want to say, too, that it's more than just the restaurant industry. What I'll ask my opponent here is, when's the last time you tipped your dental assistant? You tipped a hairstylist, surely, because you had one-on-one -on -one time. They were spending time quaffing your beautiful hair, maybe finishing the edge on your Julian fadeaway. Mm -hmm. But you've never tipped your dental assistant. I would say that's, that's for sure true. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, not explicitly tipped. Of course, you would never tip a dental assistant, but why not? But I have definitely left, left some coins behind on the chair that I didn't bother picking up. Surely, but that's because they're pumping the chair up to a height, and then they tip you over backwards and make you stare into a light. So they fall out of your pocket, you don't remember. But you're not explicitly tipping them for good service. I might start, though. Right now? And that's my point. I think we should, across the board, everyone should just get more tipping, just so we get better service all around. So you're saying that good service is inextricably linked to a tip that you leave after the service has even happened. I think that bad service is it's linked 
to no tipping. Well, I think that's absolutely true, but that's our choice. That's what we're doing. And if we didn't have to have that judgmental attitude going into a, a service place, going into a cab, thinking, I hope they do a good job because then I'll be able to tip them. Or if they do a bad job, I'm going to punish them by not tipping them. It's crazy that we would be expected to be the judge of this service performance. We're not their boss. So if tipping is generally based on the cost of the meal, and we're talking about variable amounts of tips for people, do you think it's fair that a server, say, at a diner makes a fraction of the amount of tips that a server at a high-end restaurant would make for essentially doing the same job? That's exactly what I'm saying, Phil. Thank you. I appreciate that you bring up this question because that's bad economics. They're doing the exact same job, potentially worse, potentially better, based on whatever your judgment of their performance is, but they're getting paid a percentage of the actual cost. And maybe it's because something is harder to carry or it's harder to drive or you have to tip more in a limo than a cab. I don't know what you, you know. The thing for me is I'm actually okay with this because I think, again, it goes back to the social contract that we have. We understand the inherent difference when we go out to a fancy meal versus somewhere more affordable. For example, in an affordable restaurant, they might just boil their food. Whereas in a fancy restaurant, they might boil that food in a bag or sous vide it, as it's called. And so for me, there's a real understanding of what you're getting from that fancy restaurant. And I mean, in those affordable restaurants, you can wear Lululemon pants to work. You have to you have to wear some pleated pants, and that doesn't come cheap. So are you are you tipping them because they're boiling it in a bag? Uh, it's called sous vide. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's French for uh, under glass, I think. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next topic here. The generally accepted tipping practice is to tip based on the total amount of the food and beverage. Mm -hmm. But if you pay electronically and select the tip, the tip function, you're actually paying tip on the tax as well. Are restaurants robbing us, Corey? Yes, absolutely. They're robbing us blind. It is, it's ludicrous that we would be paying a tip to the service industry people on money that the government is charging on a GST. That's out of control. Why are we putting up with that? I would say that Corey is uh, throwing a stone in his glass house because I'm certain that Corey has left uh, money hidden from the government. And this is just the government's way of paying it forward to our service industry. Now, let he be the first who has never hidden money from the uh, CRA be the one to say this is an archaic uh, um, idea. However... I would challenge you to uh, submit all your tax receipts and let us see them. I won't. Them. I absolutely won't. I'm not going to produce my tax receipts here. And I think it's not on the government to do that. It's on the businesses that are charging on that full amount. The business is what's robbing us blind. The government's not getting that extra money. It's the businesses that are robbing us because they're using the total amount. That's a great point that you're bringing up. Are you in an industry where you are tipped? I've never been tipped. Can I ask I you, would you prefer to have an extra 20% of money? I would love to have an extra percent. I arrest my case. Well, don't rest just yet because have you ever been tipped? I, I never have. However, I give terrible service. What sort of services do you provide? <laughs> I can't go into Well, that. yeah, let's not, let's not go there. <laughs> let's wrap this up with a few closing comments from each of you. Uh, who would like to start? I'll start. All right. I think that my opponent has brought up some relatively weak points. Wow. He says that we have a social con contract to produce a tip, uh, even though it's not something that we want to do. That we may be expected to do it, 
but it's not something that we want as our individual selves. It's a, it's a social thing that we do. Uh, and, and, and to that I say, it's not something we need to do. There are many countries, great countries in fact, that where tipping doesn't exist. Japan, Australia, Estonia, South Korea, North Korea, Vietnam. These are some great countries. Malaysia. Yes. I find North Korean policies on tipping incredibly great. They're great. You don't have to tip. And that, I mean, also on the list, Denmark, the Vatican City, Singapore. These are fantastic. These are world-leading cities and the economic and social world. So I think that we don't need to tip. We're, we're expected to tip because it's in our society. But we, as members of the society, have an opportunity to change it. And it takes me changing your opinion to do that. Great. Well, uh, my closing argument, uh, just before I get into it, obviously, Corey is, just to summarize, wants us to be more like North Korea. So that's a <laughs> good start. It's not necessarily true. But tipping isn't all about the waitstaff and food quality to me. No, tipping is a guard against our internal guilt, as you mentioned. So for every time that we have has, have pronounced charcuterie or noki or brucetta, for every time we ordered water on a Friday night or, or every time that we've made the waitstaff list an entire list of beers on tap and ordered a Molson Canadian anyway, I say 20% is the least we can do. Wow. And if we do away with the custom of tipping, we leave ourselves on a very slippery slope that will no doubt end in angry waitstaff, slow service, and naked diners. And Corey, here's a little tip for you. You may want to rethink showing your face in any of the restaurants in this great city of ours. Well, there you go. There's been some valid points made on both sides, and it's virtually impossible to pick a winner. So here's how I propose to settle this once and for all. I'm going to give you a total, and whoever comes closest to calculating the correct amount of the tip at the mandatory 18% group rate gets the nod. Oh, yeah. Good luck, Great. buddy. Your bill is $67.50. <laughs> I've got an answer. Do you? I personally would tip $30. Now, whether I'm closest to 18% or not, that's just fine by me. The correct answer is $13.09. Well, $13.09, a lot closer than $30. The actual answer is $12.15. Oh, close though. I went over, but happy, close. happy to give more. So no tipping it is. No tipping wins. Yes! <laughs> Corey and Julian, thanks so much for coming on the show and tackling that uh, very contentious issue for us. Thanks. Before I let you go, please let us know where we can find more of your amazing improv skills. Corey and I are part of Rapid Fire Theatre. We have uh, shows every Friday night at the Citadel Theatre in Ziedler Hall at 7.30 and 10 p.m. as well as Chimprov, a long-form improv show on Saturdays at 10 p.m. At, at the same venue. Corey and I are also part of a group called TEDxRFT, the improvised TED Talk. If you want more information, check out TEDxRFT.com and uh, look out for us doing more shows in the future. That's where we'll be. Excellent. Go check these guys out, everybody. And thanks again, Julian Fade and Corey Matthewson from Rapid Fire Theatre. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was a fun start to the show, right? Thanks again to Julian and Corey. Without further ado... Let's roll right into my conversation with Garner and Kelsey from Duchess Bake Shop. I'd like to start off by finding out a little bit about your backgrounds and experiences, especially as it may pertain to the topic of tipping. Garner, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, well, I'm owner of Duchess Bake Shop, and I'm a customer. <laughs> customer, yes. <laughs> I mean, a, a customer of Duchess Bake Shop? Well, of restaurants, of cafes, of everything, <laughs> you know, whatever. But from being the owner of Duchess, I mean, we are exposed to tipping culture to a degree. It's nothing, I think, what a classic table service restaurant would have but it's there 
Okay. Yeah. And Kelsey? Um, well, I've been a server in a couple of different types of establishments. I've been a bartender, a dishwasher, and a cook in a couple of different places. So I guess I've kind of seen it start to finish. <laughs> All right. And have either one of you ever lived somewhere else that um, tipping is not a custom? Oh, yeah. I lived in Japan for just over four years. And I've traveled through Europe and whatnot. And yeah, it... That was the first time living in Japan, especially when I realized that, oh, not everybody tips, and this is kind of wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be culture shock. You, you have to kind of talk yourself out of the whole, oh, yeah, I have to leave extra money here, right? It'd be, oh, yeah. I think it would be weird to adjust to. It is kind of odd, but it happens quickly. And then it is kind of weird, though, when you have servers who will chase after you to give you back you know, a couple dollars worth of of money that you left on the table just as like, oh, it's just a little bit of extra money, whatever. And they're like, no, we don't know. What are you doing? Take your money back. You forgot your money. Yeah, so they actually won't accept it. No, no, yeah, no. refuse. It's, <laughs> wow. it, it, they don't understand. They look at you like you're an idiot. You're like, Why? What are you doing? Like, so it's kind of like going for dinner with your grandma where, you know, everybody's <laughs> trying to pay and nobody will accept the money, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very That's much cool. so. That's why I like to go for dinner with everybody's grandma that I can, because they always want to pay. <laughs> so how do you feel about tipping as a concept? Like, what, what do you like about it, and what do you not like about it? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, when I was a server, of course, I appreciated the tips. The places that I worked at, though, you were making minimum wage, so you kind of needed those tips to survive, to make your rent. It was... It wasn't just like, a, oh, this is kind of nice extra cash in my pocket. It was when you were making that low of a wage, I guess. The tips were necessary right. to, to live on. So I understand that. And I mean, I totally get when people like receiving tips. It makes sense. It's, it's that extra cash. But I think the system itself is kind of flawed when that is necessary. When you can't make your rent if you don't get enough tips. And you're kind of, you know, going day to day hoping that People are generous enough or that you get the right tables in your section, not, you know, sometimes a bunch of grandmas that tip right. <laughs> $1.50 and you're like, okay. Yeah, no matter what the bill is, here's your toonie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it made it stressful when yeah. that is, you know, how you survive. So I, I don't like that that part of the system seems to be flawed. Seems like there could be something better. Yeah, it's a it's a highly variable part of your income, really, Very much right? So, yeah. Where yeah. I would, mm -hmm. I don't know, does it for waitresses and and wait staff? Does it does it vary that much, or is it fairly standard? Do you think? I think it varies massively. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a pet talk, like hobby of mine, finding out about this. <laughs> so I, no, I I ask. I've got a lot of server friends, and I ask them about this, and it, it seems to vary massively, massively. I mean, depending if you have a Friday night shift, if you're a bartender, if you're a server, if you're working at a super popular restaurant, if you're working at a high-end establishment, low-end establishment, if you're in an ethnic place, if you're in like in a Vietnamese food place, mm. there's a kind of a weird racist thing with tipping we'll get to. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't wait. No, it, it's, it's a thing. Well, um, a cultural thing, absolutely. Yeah. That'll be a factor, no right? question. And it's, it's incredibly variable, which I don't think is to the benefit of servers. I think the only one it's a benefit to actually are business owners who take advantage of the situation. Yeah, I, I suppose there probably is, from a business standpoint of view, a bonus to paying a lower wage because you're oh, yeah. paying, there's associated costs with that wage that mm -hmm. now you're not paying extra on as well, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, for the business owner that wants to take advantage of it, it lets them offload their labor costs to the public with no oversight. 
And also the tipping process, how it can be abused. I mean, technically it's illegal, but, you know, abuse is rife in the industry where you can hold back tips, you can Mm -hmm. charge back tips, which Kelsey can talk about more. But, you know, at the end of the shift, theoretically, as a server, you can end up owing the establishment money. Which to me is out of your the pocket, most, not out of your tips. Well, like, yeah, like it's the most ludicrous situation ever. And see, and this is really, really foreign to me as someone who's <laughs> never done that type of job before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really, into, I can't wait to hear Kelsey's take on, <laughs> on what goes on here. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not so shady, but it's lots of establishments will hire younger people, or that's kind of you know where you want to work when you're going to university or college or mm. whatever, and you don't necessarily know your rights mm. as a as an employee or as a worker. Yeah. And mm. so lots of places will, not everyone, lots are fantastic. <laughs> but uh, some places you do pay back a percentage of your gross sales. So not out of your tips. So if I sold $1,000 worth of food and I pay back 6%, I'm paying back $60, no matter how much I got tipped that night. Mm. So if you have one table that, you know, racks up a $300 bill and leaves zero tip, yeah, you can be in some trivial trouble there. Honestly, yeah, you can owe money yeah, out, of your, <clears throat> out of your pocket. Or even the idea of owners taking tips, which I definitely don't. Nobody at our business owners do not touch tips because it's just dirty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's that. You don't know where the money's going as a customer when you're leaving mm-hmm. a tip. It, I don't know. Like, is it going to the cooks? Like, they're working hard. Mm-hmm. Did they get a cut? But they don't know. I don't know. Do you do you actually think people tip based on the service they receive at this point, or is it? Do you think it's more just because it's an expected thing that you do? I think there is an obligatory base level that you automatically tip regardless of anything that's happening. I don't know exactly what percentage that would be. I'd be like minimum ten percent, even if you have awful service. Mm-hmm. I would think for that number is probably different for everybody. Yeah, but well, yeah. I think that's the thing. I think everyone has a set percentage in their mind that when right. they go out, that's what they tip. Always, like, obligatorily. Yeah. yeah, and it's you have to have either terrible service or really, really good service for that to change. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like it's you're tipping based on the service. You're just kind of that's what you always standard. do. Yeah, that's your standard yeah. when you go out. Let's say the food was great. You go out for dinner. Food is amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. You love every bite. And the service was kind of lackluster. Right. You weren't a fan. What do you do with the tip there? Well, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm a sucker. Like, as much as I don't like tipping, I always tip. Yeah. Me like, too. And, yeah. You know, it's, for me, it's like a, an automatic 15%. And if the service is good or something, the food is great, then 20 Right. Always. Yeah. If the like, service was, was terrible, I would still probably tip what I normally tip. And if it was like so bad that it was egregious, I would say something to the manager more than I would not tip. I would rather. Yeah. Well, because I understand that the tipping isn't just to the server, yeah. right? So yeah. it, if the tip, I guess, was only to the server, then it would be a useful way of, I guess, encouraging or rewarding good service. But that tip is supposedly theoretically going to the bar staff, wait staff, cooks, everybody. Like it's getting divided amongst the entire place. So why would I punish the cook who did a great job cooking or the the bus boy, the bus boy or whoever because one person did a bad an job, off day. right? So because of that, it's just a completely flawed model. Yeah, because I, I know definitely people who have mentioned to me before that if the food's terrible, they're not tipping. Mm-hmm. And I've also had people say the opposite. Like, if the food's great and the service is terrible, 
They still don't tip. Yeah. You go, well, I don't know. Where do you draw that line? It's a, it's a tough one because it's not like you're going to go into the restaurant and when you sit down, ask the waitress, okay, how do you guys give <laughs> well, me up the tips? That's just it. Yeah. Because I want to know if you were terrible, yeah. I want to make sure I'm only screwing you over. Yeah. Should I just go right to the kitchen and yeah. give them five bucks? Or? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, what is the incentive? If you have to pull everything into a pile, mm -hmm. if you do a better job but somebody else drops the ball, you still get screwed anyway. So mm -hmm. you go, oh, I don't know. I mean, is there yeah. the real incentive for service-based tipping? It puts uh, everyone in a weird situation. Like, the yeah. customers are confused, obviously. We're all, yeah. all three of us are like, I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. what's happening with that money. Yeah. And then the servers are... Well, it, I do think it, it breeds a type of weird competitiveness and non-teamwork amongst servers. Well, having worked in certain establishments, in a couple places, it absolutely does. And even when it's not intended, like if if the hostess seats a bunch of grandmas in your section and then a bunch of like young guys in somebody else's section, it breeds a weird animosity. It's like, mm. why would you do that to me? You've ruined my day. You've ruined my income yeah. <laughs> for the day. And it's mm -hmm. and it's I don't know. It doesn't breed a good working environment. It doesn't. It's almost like you're all trying to pick which customer you want, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because oh, this one looks like a better tipper. Yeah. Is that something that actually happens? Would you go? Of course just, it is. Oh yeah. I mean, when you go in a restaurant, can you make that judgment based on okay, this guy's in a nice suit, he's going to give me more because he has more money? I don't think the correlation it is all, there. It depends, and it's. I mean, you can be wrong, of course, too. But like young couples on a date, you want that table because it's like this guy's going to try and impress this girl, or they're both going to try and look generous and. <laughs> And like, okay, that's a that's a good table to get. Like three, you know, businessmen that are kind of relaxing. That's a good table to get. But it's and who knows? You might get the most generous grandma in the world. But yeah. chances are they sit longer. They'll take longer in your section. They'll order a tea over a drink, so their bill price is lower. I mean, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, they they have less income oftentimes. Yeah, well, when you're on a fixed income, it, income, but, that's for sure. But, why is it their responsibility to? And that's just it. You know, pay mm -hmm. more. It, for you. It's sort of this weird hidden cost, hidden tax that is potentially onerous on someone like a retiree. I think living in Japan or going to places where you you don't have to tip, everything is upfront. You know exactly what you're going to buy. You know what it's going to cost. And then you can decide if there's value in that for yourself as a consumer. Mm -hmm. In terms of the, the argument that, well, if you're not tipping, you don't have control over your service quality, you still don't have control over your service because you're, you're tipping at the end of the meal. Right, exactly. And so if you had an awful meal and you don't give a tip, you're also probably not going back to that restaurant. Right. Whereas if you have a great service, great food, you're going to go back to the restaurant. You're going to tell your friends about the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that's where the quality control, I guess, comes into it. You know what we should do? We should start going into restaurants and just right when we get there, first thing out of my mouth is going to be, look, I'm a 25% tipper. <laughs> and they're like, but they're like, what do you do throughout the meal? Like every time they take a little too long to fill your water glass, you're like, ah, that was a point. Yeah, 22%. Yeah, <laughs> not that minus one point. Just so you know, just so you just know where we're at here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you gained a point. There you go. But we can, we can leave a checklist behind on the table. Like here's where you fail. So this See. is why. But I took two also. sips of my water and you didn't fill it right away. <laughs> Big Done. X. That was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no tip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it's strange. And I mean, there's, oh, I could go on and on and on about the weird illogic of tipping, the mm -hmm. way that exists in North America. I mean, the, the idea that it's a ratio of your bill, right? To me, this has always been strange where, you know, Kelsey and I go into a restaurant, she orders a $50 bottle of wine, I order a $100 bottle of wine. 
the server opens them and <laughs> serves the them. Yeah. yeah, you know they didn't make the wine. Yeah. Uh, yet you know I'm I'm on the hook for twelve to fourteen dollars more for that bottle of wine. Right. Then she's paying in tips just because I wanted to give more money to the restaurants in the first place, so I have mm-hmm. to give more and more money to the restaurant in the end. Yeah. It 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 makes no sense. Yeah, that's definitely something I've always had problems with. You go, okay, well, the diner waitress, when your bill's coming to $25, mm-hmm. is making 15 or 20% of that. But then you go to an expensive restaurant or a more expensive restaurant, that, that serving staff is making way more. Mind you, there's another wrinkle in that, too, that you're probably spending a longer time mm-hmm. in that other restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the servers who work in those types of establishments are much more professional oftentimes, too. I mean, they've taken it as a career. Mm-hmm. They study. They, they do sommelier training. They, you know, they're legitimate professionals. Yeah. But counter to that argument, I don't tip my police officer, you know, if I get an accident. I'm like, hey, good paper writing. I like, thank you for the paperwork. Here's an extra 10. Make sure that gets submitted. <laughs> yeah, you know? good luck trying that. I don't, yeah. Seriously, I, 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 I don't. That's how Garner went to jail. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't tip my, my dentists. I don't tip... Well, I'm not tipping anybody that makes three times as much as me, that's for sure. (laughs) That's that's, my rule. (laughs) But this is also where it's flawed. Like, initially, why are they getting paid, you know, minimum wage or less than if they're serving alcohol Mm -hmm. for doing a good job, if they are doing a professional Then they should be treated like professionals, paid like professionals. They should have benefits like professionals. And those costs should be contractually negotiated between the employer and the employee. The customer should not be involved in that negotiation. Mm -hmm. So that's what I meant when I was saying that it's generally the employer that kind of gets the benefit of the tipping system because they get to get rid of all of their responsibilities when it comes to how they treat employees and opens up all sorts of potential abuses Mm -hmm. that I think is really unfortunate for the the employee. And I'm imagining it actually opens the door for for certain owners of restaurants to be able to say, well, if you didn't make enough, I mean, it's kind of your own fault, right? Exactly. That was under your control. Mm-hmm. 100%. And yeah. it's not, it's, sometimes it is, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of brings me into another thing I wanted to talk about is how do you decide what services are tip-worthy and what are not? Because, uh, I mean, every there's some standard places like hairdressers and serving staff at restaurants and bartenders and taxi cab drivers. All pretty much widely acknowledged, we're going to tip these people, right? Mm-hmm. Why not retail staff? Somebody working at the Gap at Christmas, um, holy smoke, that is not a fun yeah. job. Yeah, and they're working hard and they're low paid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah not desirable. I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to get too much into the political side, but raising the minimum wage to a livable minimum wage, like the $15, hopefully starts a trend. It starts people thinking about their employees in a different way. So that retail staffer that's, you know, working really hard, if all of a sudden they're starting, they're starting at $15, they do well, get paid more and more and more. I don't know. I hope that evens out the the playing field or the extreme highs and lows that we have mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a tough thing because everyone is so ingrained with tipping now, though, that yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to change that, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm not looking to start a revolution and destroy the concept of tipping. Like, whatever. I don't care. You want to tip some money? Go for it. But I do think that we should offer people another model to also go by. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not a bad thing to have choice. And if you know that an establishment is tip-free, that might be a very important factor for you. Mm-hmm. So long, I guess, as you also know that they're tip-free because they pay their employees well. 
and yeah. they treat them well, and you actually care about their well-being. And you can tell that when you go on a place, if you have a happy service staff, if people are treating you well because they enjoy their job, they enjoy their environment and all of that, I think it's pretty self-evident a lot of times. Yeah, I think if you if you work with the public, it's if you're miserable, it's very, very <laughs> difficult to hide that. As much as you try, yeah. that's tough. Yeah. yeah. There is a tip jar at Duchess Bake Shop yeah. and a tip function at the credit and debit machine. How do you guys handle the tips there? Do you pool it all or how does that work? Yeah, it's directly uh, divided by hours worked. Amongst kitchen as well. Amongst kitchen as well. All right, so everybody yeah. shares equally? Yeah, we split it front and back and everybody gets just divvied up. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, it's kind of funny because I look at that and I look at my employees and they work their asses off. On a Saturday, you've got 60, 70 people in line and, I mean, you are sprinting to get food from the coolers and restock and serve. And it's a hard job. Mm-hmm. But people aren't tipping percentage-wise based on their total bill usually. You know, it's very rare that someone will actually tip 15% of a transaction. Yeah, it seems like more the type of model that you would just drop a two and exactly. change or whatever, and it's, right? It's more of, yeah, like, oh, here's an extra toonie. Oh, that was nice. Here's a loonie. Oh, I yeah. bought $140 of baked goods. Here's five bucks. Well, I totally think there's a difference between restaurant tipping and coffee shop tipping. Completely. But, I mean, if your concept of tipping is based on how hard you're working and how friendly your service is and all of that kind of a thing. You could absolutely make an argument that the people behind the counter at Duchess are, you can't slack there. Because there's always somebody in line. (laughs) Definitely. And 18 or 20 people or 50 people behind that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and and then you can counter argue that, oh, well, people in restaurants are sitting there for two hours. Right. Which, I mean, again, the, the variety of things going into whether you tip or how much you tip, it's just so ludicrously convoluted and non-logical that just get rid of it. <laughs> just equal playing field. Even they let everybody know exactly what they're getting in for. You guys are opening a new breakfast spot. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really curious about that because this is going to be a little bit more of a full service than the bake shop is, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's absolutely full service. Yeah. So how do you plan on handling the tips there? It's going to be a no-tipping establishment. Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm totally unbiased and impartial. Yes. <laughs> but yes. And you know, I mean, again, this is not like a shot across the bow to start the war of tips. Yeah. Like, whatever, you're a restaurant, you want to take, I don't care. As a business owner, personally, I've always found it, if you want something done, then that's where you do it. I mean, that's my chance to actually implement something that I think is appropriate or right. I mean, it touches again. It's a loony here, a toonie there. It's not where I'm going to It's, you know, it's definitely make not my a hill stand. to die on there, yeah. right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the breakfast place, we want to attract um, dedicated professional servers that are building a life in that industry. And one of the things we haven't touched on with tipping is that it's great and really attractive for a lot of younger people to get into it because you get lots of pocket cash. You know, it's great when you're 19, you're 20, you're 21. But then when you start looking to, I don't know, buy a house, you go to the bank hmm. and they're like, oh, oh you make $17,000 a year. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's really great when you're young and you just want beer money or whatever. But if you want to build a life based on serving, which I think should be absolutely an option because it's a noble job. It's a great job. 
uh, you need a situation where your money is being recorded or mm. you're being paid well or you have those records of standard, steady pay. Right. It's a verified income. It's a verified Absolutely, income. Yeah. yeah, try to get a loan. Right. <laughs> Based yeah. on your tip. Oh, yeah, I make uh, nine seventy-five an hour. Yeah. Um, can I get a loan for a house? <laughs> get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> no chance. So I think that, you know, that's a detriment to servers. Also benefits. You, It's almost nobody pays benefits to servers in restaurants. Like in the, the restaurant world is kind of awful for that. I mean, cooks as well. It's really rare that you find guys that have full health care plans. And that's definitely something we do at Duchess for full-time employees. And that's something we will definitely be doing at Lupine for full-time employees as well, because that's such an important thing to be able to build a life around. How are you going to get that point across to people? Like mm. Any chance that we have to communicate and have a conversation with customers is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really great opportunity to have discussions and talk to customers um, and educate the public as to the nitty gritty of tipping. Because I don't think a lot of people really think about it that much. It's no, just unless kind of, you've worked in the industry, yeah. you don't know the ins and outs and how it works. Mm-hmm. And So there'll probably be a lot of conversations at the table with the servers about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And not just like we don't want tips. It's like, no, like, you can't give us tips. Like, if you leave $5 on the table, I will follow you into the parking lot, <laughs> and I'll be like, you forgot this. It's going to be tough, though. I know it, it will be, be tough. tough. Like, like, it is, it's really hard to break people of tipping culture. Incredibly hard. It is, yeah. Like, even for myself, yeah. if I go somewhere and they say, like, don't tip, at the end of the meal, I'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> you're are you you're lying yeah, to me. Yeah, are you After sure? I leave, you're going to call me a cheap bastard. Yeah. Right? <laughs> guy actually believed us what an asshole (laughs) but with uh, I mean with a new business it is so much easier to institute something like this like I don't know how you could retroactively do this if you're a restaurant Mm -hmm. and you decided that okay you know what I'm not going to do this anymore that would be really 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 hard Mm -hmm. I I I don't know yeah (laughs) that would but yeah, starting, and we're, we're not sure how we're going to word it, but we definitely want, like, somewhere on the menu. Yeah, I'll be right up. Yeah. yeah, and something saying, like, you know, as much as we appreciate the kindness or generosity, this is a no-tipping establishment, and yeah. instead of tipping, you know, tell your friends, save the money, and come back sooner next time. I do want to give you both an opportunity to give a shout-out to a few local restaurants, coffee shops, bakeries, anything like that, that you guys are particularly fans of or you go to a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So many. Uh, Keep it to, like, 50 or less. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Definitely Corso, Daniel and the guys, killing it. Mm-hmm. Rico, Corso. Uh, North Road, 53. North oh, yeah. 53. Oh, 124th Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, actually, Credo Coffee and Transcend. Credo's killing it, yeah, Transcend. I mean, oh, man, there's so many. Lots of great places in the city going on these days. It's getting easier to answer this question, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Keep up the good job, everybody. Keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I always finish off with something I call a popcorn round. It's basically a series of rapid-fire questions. Oh, God. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. All right. You guys ready? I think so. (laughs) Go. If this podcast was dinner at a restaurant, what would you tip? I would tip an automatic 15% to 20%, depending on whether you were extra, extra great. Always 18%, yeah, unless you're terrible, but it hasn't been. I would I would 18 to 20. 18 to 20. So I did a slightly above average job on this. Yeah, if I had a glass of wine, maybe 20. Yeah, I did not fill your glass of water. I My ginger ale is getting a little warm. I did not offer any alcohol. Just saying. Oh, well. What can you do? What was your first job? Uh, IGA bag boy. A nanny. 
And I never got tipped carrying (laughs) groceries out to the car. Even really, I thought the people who carry groceries out to the car might get a two year. I think I got like maybe a dollar in like my entire (laughs) year and a half. I did that. But what a dollar! (laughs) Ah. If you could add one talent to your repertoire, what would it be? Playing the guitar. Done. Yes. Wow, that was easy. Yes. Being multilingual in a meaningful uh, way. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in a meaningful in a way? Meaningful that sounds like well, no, like being able to actually fully be fluent in another language. language. I mean, yeah. What is your favorite thing to eat at Dutch's Bake Shop? Oh, sour cherry pie. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, or tartiflette scraps because the kitchen staff gets yeah, the scraps. Really good <laughs> and there's only like three pieces and there's 20 yeah, of us. So. Of them, yeah. <laughs> um, I really, ah, oh, the financiers are good. But the. Chausson Palm, come on. Oh, the Tom Montreal is so good. <laughs> Actually, oh, Chausson Palm is really good right now. Shit, this might take a while. <laughs> yeah, no, next, next question. You that's would it. eat all of those. <laughs> all right, I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> what is your favorite smell? My brain just went in a million places all at once. Mm, yeah, it went from like brownies coming out of the oven to vanilla to bacon. <laughs> bacon was one of mine, I know. Yeah, no, that, uh, come on, that's not a... That... Popcorn, popcorn, let's go, let's go. Popcorn round. <laughs> Too many, can't do it. Oh uh, my god. The goodness. answer is in the name, popcorn round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like vanilla, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I do habitually, even where when we get the vanilla shipments in, we get yeah, these giant true. bags of vanilla, and I just, I hug them, and I, I open the bag and squeeze it. And it's awkward I for take a moment, in the shop. and everyone kind of like, eh. <laughs> Garner's, Garner's doing it again. <laughs> uh. Oh, Garner's hugging the vanilla again. Yeah. All right, so vanilla. There's a lot of love in that yeah. vanilla. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's true. What is your kitchen jam? Oh, David Bowie all the time, every day. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good one. You agreed on that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Bowie, Bowie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Father John Misty this morning. Yeah. That's pretty good. Come on, Bowie. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Oh, yeah. What's the proper method to eat an Oreo cookie? Uh, you open it up, you only eat the filling, and then you throw away the terrible <laughs> cookie part. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Do you have a phobia? Yes. Spiders. <laughs> it's very mild. It's extreme and sometimes life debilitating. Sometimes. Yeah. Arachnophobia. You're scared of jellyfish. Whatever. Oh, not in the least. What? Squid. Squid? It's don't squid. I. Who wouldn't be scared of jellyfish? So you can barely see them and they will sting you. And Humboldt squid will eat you. They will kill you dead. They will devour your soul. They're soldiers of Satan. It's we proven. Talk about it's true. a lot in the house. <laughs> hey. What is your bucket list travel destination? Well, I have to take Garner to Sweden. I do really want to go to Sweden. To show him. Yeah. Oh, there's so many places I want to go. I know. Well, we talked about Berlin the other day. I, I do really want to see Berlin. Sunny Berlin. <laughs> is that the first time someone has said Berlin? I'm quite sure, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right, here's the top one. The secret to a happy life is... Mm, oh, it's going to be, it sounds so lame. But I was going to say passion. Just doing things passionately. Yeah, does like, not sound lame at all. Okay, no, good. Doing what you love. I mean. Oh, we agree. No, we, we agree do. So no, quickly. It, <laughs> I, I find the things that have made me happiest in life are things that yeah, I'm passionate about and that I would be doing kind of regardless of whether 
I was almost being paid to do them or not, really. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. That's it for another episode of Off Menu. I'd like to thank Garner Beggs, Kelsey Johnson, Julian Fade, and Corey Mathewson for appearing on the show today and sharing their insights. Special thanks to Mrs. Glass for providing the theme music for the podcast. Check them out in the iTunes store. Don't forget to check baconhound.com for the show notes with links to today's episode and more info on today's guests. Until next time, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food. <laughs>